Hey, neighbor. Today's guest is Laura Zubrod. Her mother-in-law, Kathy, works with my husband. Kathy was so excited for me when I found out I was having twins. She reminds me often that she has boy-girl twin grandkids. So we have a little twin connection there. But Laura is on the show today, and she shares her experience of predominantly raising her three children abroad and what it's like now having three kids in college. I'm Amber. I have five young kids, including a set of boy-girl twins. My kids were all born within six and a half years of each other. It's a lot of kids in a little amount of time. It has been quite the journey parenting all these kids so close in age. I've learned a lot over the years, and people often come to me for advice. But let's be honest, I don't know everything. And in those cases, I turn to other moms for their advice. I believe that people living it and doing it are the real experts. So that's why each week I'll sit down with a real expert, one of my friends, a mom like you, to get all the advice you asked for and some you didn't. This is Neighborhood Twin Mom. Welcome to the neighborhood. Laura is her mother-in-law worked with my husband and that's how I got connected with Laura. And she's got a cool story about where her twins were born. Do you want to introduce where your kids are at now and then we can work backwards? Yeah, they're 22 now, almost 22, 22 next month. And they are both seniors at Texas A&M University. And my husband said they were just at the upset game. Yeah, oh, yes. And I had some cute pictures because, you know, that's kind of neat that they actually go to the same college, which I never really thought they would do that. But they also spend a lot of time together and kind of hang out with the same friend group and they're at the game together. And yeah, so it's it's neat. They kind of have each other's back. I like that. So you didn't ever think they would go to the same school? How come? No, I don't know. I just thought they had such different interests and I, I just didn't really think I remember reading in a twin magazine when they were really little about some college that was giving like a two for one or a discount for tuition. I was like, what? Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that was one of the first things I did when they were both going to in and I'm like, hello, a tuition office. Do I get a discount? And they said, nope, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no discounts. So worth a shot. But I love that they ended up at the same place because it's, it's comforting for me. It's apparent knowing they're both together, but I think they also like having each other there. Had they ever lived together in school? No. Now, see, economically, it'd be very good for me to buy a house up there because my third child is a freshman at A&M also. So I have three in college at Texas A&M University, but they're like, no, we don't want to live together. We've lived together our whole lives. We're not doing that at college. They all have their roommates. So they're all in big groups, like four and five roommates in apartments. So they're happy. But their football tickets are together? Yeah, it works where they have to go pull the tickets. So seniors have priorities. So they end up like my son, the Jacob, the older twin camped out and um, got the tickets for the big group of them. So yeah, they were all together. That's so sweet. That warms my heart. You know, as a twin mom, you always want your kids to have that twin bond and stay together. But then sometimes they don't get along or sometimes they're just so different. So it warms my heart that they are together. I know it makes me happy too. I think they're closer now than they used to be. You know, growing up, like, when they were little, of course, they played together and through preschool, but, you know, getting into school, they had different friend groups, right? Maddie liked the girl things and played with girls and Jacob boys. And they really, they played together at home, but not outside of that. You know, when they were at school, they had separate groups and then they really stayed in separate groups until we came back from Singapore that second time. And we came back, it was their senior year. And that was hard. So but I think that really kind of cemented their bond even more. They got to school and I remember the first day of school, they said they found each other and sat together at lunch. So 
it was comforting for them to have each other. And then, you know, that whole transition coming back from overseas and having each other. And then we had just a brief year here to figure things out, get them driving all this. And then we're off to college. So it's, Oh, I feel for them. I moved my senior year too. That was really rough. It is rough. It is. But in hindsight, it was the best thing that could have happened. Going from Singapore to college would have been a really rough transition. You know, it's like we're living in this kind of sheltered bubble and they're not driving. Life's just totally different to go from that to college without parents around or nearby. A lot of times people stay in Singapore and ship their kids off to college and that would have been hard. Yeah. So tell me about you have three kids, the twins are first, and then you have another singleton. And what's yep. the age gap between the They're twins? three years, three okay. years apart. Does he feel left out? Um, you know, I, I guess you can't speak so for him, but. because my boys have really bonded and have a very special relationship. I'd almost say that my daughter, Maddie feels a little bit left out sometimes. That's like she girl. always wished she'd had a sister. Okay. When Nick and I found out I was pregnant with my third, I was so relieved it wasn't twins. Mm-hmm. But now I kind of wish it had been because it would have been neat to have, you know, that kind of bonding situation for him and then maybe Maddie again, given that they have boy-girl twins again, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, um. you can't really pick those <laughs> kinds of things. Yeah. No, no. Okay, so let's talk about you finding out you were pregnant with twins. Were you, was that a surprise? Were you expecting twins? It was a total surprise. So okay. we got married and moved to Thailand. And after about three years, we were like, well, you know, we should have start a family. It's kind of wasn't doing much but golfing and hanging out with the ladies and playing mahjong. So we decided we'd have a baby. My husband always jokes, we decided to have one baby, we ended up with three. Yeah. But so I got pregnant pretty quickly and I had gone in, we we're in a pretty rural area. So the the doctor and hospital most people used was about 45 minutes away. So I went in and and she confirmed the pregnancy and, and she did a vaginal ultrasound. At that point, it's like a bean with a heartbeat. Yeah. So like, oh, okay, one bean, right? That's all I could see is one. So kind of just proceeded on. And then at about 18 weeks, I flew to the U.S. You know, went home for the summer and was going to stock up on baby stuff. And and I was going to do that big ultrasound too with the 20 weeks where you see mm-hmm. sex of the baby. So I was really excited about that and- so, um, did your husband go back to the States with you or were you by well, yourself? He, he stayed, he stayed over there for a couple of weeks and came home like days before the 20th week. Oh, okay. So, so he was I, at the ultrasound with you. Yeah. So I was over okay. there shopping, you know, for two, for two weeks, getting, you know, packing up a shipment to go over overseas. It's kind of funny, the residency program where my mother-in-law works, I was doing some checkups there, right? So they were doing the blood tests, the neural tube defects and the Downs tests, those routine blood tests. Well, the one for spina bifida or, or the neural tube defect came back off. Hindsight now, I know that that can be off with twins. Ooh, I didn't know that. But we didn't know that then and no one mentioned it. And so we went into that ultrasound thinking we were not just going to find out the sex of the baby, but really look at the spinal cord for any defects. And I was, I was worried. I was scared. Yeah. And we get in there and the tech is like, what'd she say? She said, Oh, you know, you haven't had an ultrasound before? And I said, no. And she said something on and on. And then she goes something about two heads. And, and for a minute there, it was like sheer panic because I'm expecting bad things. And, and it, it crossed my mind briefly, a two headed baby. I'm just like, what are you talking about? And she's like, no, two heads, like two babies. And 
So that was very exciting. And then we had oh my, my mom in there and we had Kathy, you know, my mother-in-law in there. And so we were all just thrilled. And, but then I had to really quickly change my shopping list, right? Two cribs and switch out this and that for double stuff. And yeah. so I had like another two weeks of shopping and then I went back, back to Thailand. Was that fun or was that so scary to like hurry up and prepare? It was fun. I yeah. loved it. Okay. I mean, I had so much fun shopping and making lists and, and both my mom and, and my mother-in-law were so happy to help and everyone was just excited. But that decision to go back over there to have the babies, you know, so a lot of people, it was kind of hit and miss, you know, with some women would carry out most of their pregnancy and then go back to their home country to deliver. Others would like, in my situation, might've just stayed in a little with parents, but, you know, I, I kind of had it in my mind how it was going to go. I know that's kind of silly now, but no, I'm going to gain this many pounds and I'm going to deliver it this week. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so I went back over and it was pretty uneventful. I switched my doctor from the, the rural doctor we all used to one in Bangkok. And Bangkok back then was about two hours for oh, us. Wow. And I, I picked a fertility doctor because he was experienced with twins. They twins. really don't have a lot of twins in Asia. And I meant to look that up, but oh, you know, really? different countries have different rates. I think yes. Africa is one of the highest rates of twins. Yes. And I think Asia is one of the lowest. So twins over there are very unusual. Interesting. I was having checkups with this doctor and I was going to deliver at this world-renowned heart hospital. So I wasn't worried at all. Healthcare over there is very, very good. Is it socialized medicine? Yeah, it is. Okay. But, you know, but there are private hospitals and that's one of the hospitals that a lot of people would fly over to from different countries for different procedures or, so I, I felt very comfortable with where I was going. And my plan was to have my mom come up and we were going to go and live in the apartments attached to the hospital for like my last two weeks of my pregnancy. Okay. You know, thinking, of course, they're going to come on their due date, right? Right, right. <laughs> so... So everything was going as planned. My sister and my mom were coming for Thanksgiving. And then my sister was going to go back home. My mom was just going to continue to stay with me. Because my due date, I kind of had two due dates. One was like the 10th of December. One was the 17th. So they never quite gave me a firm one. But it's somewhere in there, somewhere early, mid-December. So the, it was the day they flew in, both of them flew in at the same time. Um, that night, I woke up maybe 5 a.m., 3 a.m., and my water broke. Okay, this is know? what we need to do a study on. I swear, <laughs> it's when moms come, it helps you relax and have a baby. I Same know. happened to me with it, my twins. I'm, I must have just had that, yeah, sense of, like, support was there. Yes. And, but it was just out of the blue, you know. I just I went to the bathroom, and I just, like, Kate, my husband's name is Kate. I can't stop peeing. Something's wrong, you know? It's like, yeah. so I got up. And the thing was, you know, we would go to Bangkok for shopping and different times. And every, I went, every time I went for a checkup, we'd take a driver with us. Okay. I drove in my rural area and I drive, you know, to Pattaya 45 minutes away for groceries and whatnot. But to go to Bangkok was a big deal. It's this traffic is crazy and it's very hard to get around. And back then we didn't have Google maps and stuff. Right. right. So we always took a driver. Well, this is like 5.00 AM and there, we don't usually we contact a driver in advance through the company and, set it up so we can go up for the weekend or whatever. So my husband, we all get in the little car. We had this little Toyota, my mom and my sister in the back, me in the front. I'm, I'm kind of having back labor yeah. and we set off to Bangkok. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> all by ourselves. And Was your husband goodness, calm? Uh, that would have been a good question to ask him. I think he was nervous that he would get lost oh, okay. and not know where he was going. So I think he, and I, yeah, I, th- I think he was a little unnerved by the whole thing, but I, we felt like we really didn't have a choice. Right. We didn't want to wait for the driver. To, right. And it was so early. So we set off and thankfully the hospital's kind of on the edge of town and we found it and we got there, you know, it was, I was all okay. I had decided to have a C-section because my son, baby A was, he was engaged, head down, ready to go, but baby B was going to be breached. And I thought, I really don't want to do both. Do both, yeah. C-section and a, a vaginal birth or try to turn her. So that all went well. And it was wonderful because I had two neonatologists in there with me. And they were wonderful. And the baby stayed in the NICU. They didn't need to, but they were kind of novel too. They, the nurses <laughs> just thought, oh my gosh, these two little <laughs> twins. So they, they, got, they had such excellent care. And they... And I remember the neonatologist coming to me and saying, you know, babies, twins are a lot of work. You should just hang out here a little while, you know, and, and I'm in the nice suite and at the hospital and she's like, you know, you can hang out and we'll show you how to bathe them, what to do. And well, that was wonderful because I really had no clue. And I was trying to breastfeed and I was struggling with that. And there really was not a lot of help there with that. And so it was nice. And, and I'll tell you my bill at the end of like that week of hanging out with them and they're both in the NICU and it was like $3,500. <laughs> Seriously. <A> little different. <laughs> and I, was, I know. And, and, and part of that week, I ended up moving into the little apartments adjacent to the hospital. So it was wonderful just to hang out, really kind of get my footing with the babies before I was set off to go do it all by myself. But like I said, my mom was there and she actually ended up staying for seven months with me, oh, which wow. is a long time. And I probably should have sent her home earlier. It was, it was hard for her to be apart from my dad. And, but it was wonderful having her there Two babe, two little babies, or you need at least three people. It'd be nice, right? It's, they outnumber you. It's a baby for each person is still hard. So she would get up with me through the night help me, you know, she changed and helped me get him on my big nursing pillow. Okay. So you did yeah, nurse so him. How long did. did you nurse him for? I nursed until they're two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were able to, I guess you got the hang of it then. <laughs> I did get the hang of it. I tell you, I, at about a year and a half, I think I was just tired and I decided I'm going to wean him. Well, the book I picked up was called how weaning happens. And I should have paid attention to the author. It was that Leila Chi league. Oh, and mm-hmm. after I read that, I was like, Oh, I can't, I can't just wean them. I have to just go with it. So yeah, I just, well, but it is possible. <laughs> a lot of people don't think it's possible to breastfeed twins. It's not easy, but uh, it's not, e- it was not easy in the beginning. It was very difficult and there was no lactation consultant at that hospital or anything, you know, so I kind of had to figure it out on my own, but it was so worth it. And I, I loved it. And, and I'm glad I did it and, and persevered because it really did make life easier. And Although at about four months, I stopped doing tandem nursing. Oh, and interesting. Was, okay. And that was a mistake because oh, it was okay. like breastfeeding 24 hours a day almost, mm. you know, as mm-hmm. soon as one would finish, the next one was ready. So I should have kept them together. It was just hard because they were getting bigger and then try to balance everybody on my pillow. And Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're in a foreign country. 
And I was going to ask, uh, my question was going to be, how did you figure out how to mother when you're in a different culture, but your mom is there? I was going to say, you usually model after what you've learned from your parents and your peers. So you're there. Do you think that you mothered differently because you're in a different country? Did you have different cultural things that influenced your parenting, do you think? Not really. I mean, I I hung out with a lot of other expats or expatriates, right? The people who live there from different countries. I had a a kind of a core group of different women from different countries. I don't think so. I think I was still modeling my childhood and, and my upbringing, even though my mom was there for a little bit, but she wasn't there after that. Okay. Was that a decision you guys made on the spot once they came home? Cause you said she was going to be there for two weeks, but then she stayed seven months. When did that, how yeah, that decision come about? I think it just kept, just kept, you know, well, I could go or I could stay another, you know, a few weeks or months. It never was like, I'm going to stay seven months. It was just like, I'm going to stay another week. Oh, another week. Oh, maybe a few more weeks. And it just ended up being that she came home with me that first summer. So I, when the, when the twins were seven months, this is my first trip back to the States to okay. bring them to see family. My mother-in-law did come out to see him, but my dad hadn't seen them. My husband's dad or our, my sister saw them through the window at, um, when they were born. And she was, she didn't, I think she held Jacob. She did not hold Maddie. They had Maddie in an incubator for a little bit because she'd swallowed some blood or something. So she never got to hold her before she went back. So none of, none of our family got to see them up until that point. So she flew back home with me and then my husband followed a little bit later and we went home for the summer back to Wyoming to see family. But I tell you, that was that flight home. And, you know, now when you fly like our last flight from Singapore to Houston to come home, from, you know, from being over there, it's like 21 hours and it's nonstop. Back then it was about 24 hours, but we had to fly She's like Bangkok. I had to drive to Bangkok, fly to Bangkok to Japan, Japan to the West Coast somewhere, the West Coast to Denver, Denver, Cheyenne. It was exhausting. Oh my gosh. And with little kids, you can imagine. I and we did that for years. We went home every Christmas and summer. And I had so many people would come up to us after one of these long haul flights and they would say, I saw you getting on that flight and I just knew it was gonna be awful. They're just thinking crying babies and and we would get these compliments. They were so good. And, but there was a lot of prep going into all these flights and this travel. Like I had a bag of novel toys and novel books and activities, and it was a ton of work, you know, just entertaining them and keeping them happy. And, you know, I, I really, they didn't, there wasn't a lot of screens back then, right? iPhones yeah. and iPads, but even if I could do it over, I wouldn't rely on that stuff. It was, it was great to interact with them and, and keep them active and teach them to be quiet and right. And, and a lot of times the stewardesses would come up and take them off, walk them up and down the aisle for us, which was great. I'll tell you that flight with my mom, that first one, the babies both had colds. And so I'm, I'm either in the bathroom with that bulb sucking out noses, I'm either breastfeeding or I'm just trying to sleep. It was, I was, it was miserable. And I remember looking down at myself, I had snot and milk all down my front. And I, and I was at the point where I was just ready to start crying. And this little girl went into the bathroom and she comes out and she found the sanitary napkin in there. Oh, nice. And she wrapped it around her (laughs) finger and she comes out of the bathroom waving her finger. She goes, look, mom, a marshmallow. And 
I was like, thank you. Thank you, God. I, at that moment, I just needed something funny. And I just laughed and laughed. It was the funniest thing. And I thought, I was just ready to dissolve into a, a pool of tears at that moment before she came out of that bathroom with that marshmallow on her finger. You may have seen on Instagram that I got a purse. I haven't used a purse in years, but since my last baby is no longer in diapers, I decided it was time to ditch the diaper bag and I got myself an Alexis Drake bag. They are designed and sewn in Wyoming with high quality material. The owner, Lexi, gave me a code to share with you for 15% off your total order. Just use the code TWIN15 at checkout. If you can't find something that you love, you can always do a custom handbag. I love mine. Very high quality material. The zippers work really well. I got a crossbody bag and I love it. I love having a smaller bag and I don't have to lug around my diaper bag. They also sell jewelry and leather apple watch bands as well. Head to alexisdrake.com and use code TWIN15 at checkout for 15% off your total order. Sometimes little things help you out. What other things helped you when you were raising twins when they were little? I, I think back, you were kind of asking me what they were like as toddlers. And I think that's part of the beauty of, as you get older, you kind of forget the hard things. And, but I just remember them always being fun and, and always kind of taking it or approaching it as an adventure. I loved being overseas. I love traveling. I just kind of embraced raising twins as another adventure. And it, it was fun. And back to my help that I had my mother there, but I also had a maid to clean and I had, and ended up getting another girl to help me like a nanny. Someone in my Bible study group said, you need it. You need more help. Get a nanny. And I had a driver, you know, so that I could sit back in the back of the van with the kids. And so I had lots of help. I just remember my memories now are just, it was fun. You know, I think it was really the first two years that were tiring and, and I remember being tired and exhausted, but I don't remember anything else really bad or hard. I see pictures of myself. I'm like, wow, I look tired. But <laughs> once I got, once there were two, you know, and when they're approaching right before there were two, we moved to Singapore. That was just another adventure and, and they were becoming easier and easier. And, and I was ready for a new country and I love being there because the zoo was fabulous and so much to do with little kids that we were just always on the go doing fun things. And then while I was over there about a year after we got there, no, no, it was just a few months after we got there. I realized I was pregnant again with a third. Okay. And the first thing I asked my doctor was just, please tell me if it's twins. Cause they always, it was kind of cool being over there. Every visit to the doctor, they had an ultrasound machine in the office. So you always get a little picture of the baby. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I, I love that part of it. And then I had to, I had help there too. So I could really just focus on them and, and being with them. And it, it was, yeah, I loved it. It was great. And we, so we came back to the States right before there were four. Okay. And my um, youngest was one. And that was tough because I really had never had to do it on my own. I'd always had help. Yeah. So I'm thinking, how do people do this at home? I, I mean, I could wash the laundry, but it was like Mount Everest. I just didn't have time to fold it. And then I'm in the kitchen trying to cook and my little guy wants me to hold him. And the other two were four, so they would sit and watch whatever, Winnie the Pooh for me for half an hour so I could cook dinner. But I mean, finally I realized if I emptied out a cupboard down low and filled it with Tupperware and toys that my one-year-old would sit in there and play and I could cook. But that was a huge transition trying to figure out how to manage 
three kids in a household. That was tough. Oh, that, that's interesting. Cause usually it kind of like grows upon you, but yeah, yeah. yeah into you it. figure it out. Right. You kind yeah. of just learn how to manage your time and, and get help. And, and we moved to Texas and I'd never lived here and I didn't have any friends or any help. Family was not that close, a couple hour flight. So it was, it was a challenge. And when did you, then you were, went back though, right? We did. We spent eight years in Texas and okay. it was great. Uh, we loved it. They were happy. And then we had the opportunity to go back to, back to Singapore, which is something we had really wanted to do. We were only there for two years and it felt so short compared to the six years in Thailand. We really didn't get to experience that much of it because I had all these ideas, right? I was going to Chinese brush paint. I was going to take tennis lessons and then I got pregnant. So I spent half my one year pregnant, the other year with a newborn. I didn't really get to do anything. So we went back um, the twins were going into middle school. So it was a really nice time. And then my youngest was going into third grade. It was hard for them to, because life was good. Why would we just get up and leave it? It was, they had great friends and a wonderful school they walked to. And, but I knew from living there before that it was going to be good. I, I said, I promise, you know, it, it's going to be worth it. And we ended up being there six years and, and it was wonderful. It's probably my favorite six years of my my children's childhood. We always had a lot of household projects and that kind of thing. When we were in Texas, my husband really loved to do like crown molding and change out the, the stair spindles, just all kinds of things. So, you know, we went over there, all of a sudden that was all gone. And we really just focused more on family time. And I that was a blessing. I really, I really, really appreciated having just like when the weekend rolled around, not what projects are we doing, but what are we doing as a family, you know? And then we, we started traveling. They had so many school breaks. So we, we just, we traveled extensively and it was like, it was such bonding time for my kids and my family, just exploring our country. We were living in traveling to other countries. Do you think that's why they're still close now? I do. I think so. And I don't think it always necessarily has to be big traveling kind of experiences that bond you. I think just experience something, experiencing something new together can be so bonding with, and we're really big game players. Like every time we travel in, in them, my kids were just starting to get the phones and, and that kind of thing, right? Middle mm-hmm. school, but the phones were put down. We play cards before if we're waiting for a meal or we play cards in the evenings, play games that we brought with us. Just always kind of carving out that family time. And I think, and we still try to do that. And now our, our travels aren't, you know, in foreign countries, but we try to get away and do things like the Frio River in Texas in the summer is pretty popular just to go there and float and play. So we pack up our games and yard games and tubes and we'll go play with the kids. And so I still, I still try to make sure we do something like that each year. Well, now that your kids are gone though, and it's just you and your husband. Yeah. How, that's a transition. How, yeah. How has that been? How are you guys? Uh, well, I'm only two months time? in and I, and I joked with my kids. I said, well, and then with COVID, my husband's been working from home. I mean, he's still working from home, which is nice, but he went in last week for two days and it was really the first time that I was by myself with nobody around. I thought this is just very odd feeling. But as far as them being gone, and I'm really actually kind of enjoying the quiet time with just me and my husband and not having to cook all the time and 
but we can eat leftover soup for days. I mean, they never really soup eaters. I'm like, Ooh, we can eat soup every night now. <laughs> I don't have to cook every night. Do you have any regrets or that sounds negative? Not really. No, I know what do you're you saying. Have... Like things that would change or, yeah, or, or tell me what I need to do. Cause my, my twins are seven and I do, I'm excited for them. I'm always excited for their next phase. Like I'm super excited when they learn how to pump their legs on the swing. That's an awesome milestone. I'm excited for them to try new activities and sports. So I try not to, I'm not sad that they're not newborns anymore, you know, but what do I tell me what I need to do to prepare to send them off for college? Oh, wow. Well, I tell you that of all the difficult times raising twins, two newborn babies is hard, right? And there are ups and downs with each phase. I thought the teenagers would be brutal. They were probably my favorite years, but um, the hardest part about having twins for me has been sending them off to college no. because they both <laughs> left at the same time. And I thought, this is awful. Usually kids trickle out the door, right? And I thought, thank goodness for that third child, because if they had just both left and I had nobody, I, that would have been I mean, if you're a twin mom and only have twins, just, I would say just brace yourself for that. Cause that is really heart-wrenching just to all of a sudden they're both gone. And I never anticipated that. Like when they, I shipped them off to kindergarten, I was almost relieved, you yeah. know, it's like, Oh, and I can enjoy the, the little guy a little more. Cause I always felt like having that singleton was my reward for having twins. <laughs> it was, he was just so easy and happy and, and just everything about him was easy. The pregnancy, I wasn't like gigantic and right it's just it's a lot different having one versus two it's it it's shockingly different yes it's not just times two it's like times six I don't know it's just like the workload is just exponential (laughs) yeah I guess looking back probably the only other thing that really sticks out in my mind is like when my little guy climbed out of the crib we're kind of transitioning him to a toddler bed and I had the boys in the same room and we redid this room for Maddie you know the girly room because up until then her and her twin brother had been in the same bedroom Uh right or they had been in adjacent rooms and she was kind of at the opposite corner and she didn't like that she didn't like being separated they were separated in school and that was fine and all that, but the nighttime thing and all that. And I should have, we should have just relaxed about that. Cause it really, in hindsight, it didn't matter if she slept on the floor of their room or crawled into bed with him. We were just like, no, you need to sleep in your bed and, and they need to sleep in theirs. And I, I should have just chilled out and went with it, but they want to be together and they enjoy each other. Then that's fine. So that was probably the only thing really they were in different classes through school and that was fine. Cause my daughter does tend to be a little more dependent on her brother. Okay. I think even now too, it's like, Oh, let Jacob try it first. It's something he can try the new thing first. And I would just want her to be a little more independent and try new things. And, but cool. I, I do love their bond now and that they enjoy each other's company and they like having the same friends and activities. Do you think you've done anything to perpetuate that strong bond or just the fact that you guys did a lot of stuff as a family? Do you think there was anything you did to help I think it is just the family time. Yeah. And just the conversations we have. It's just not just the opportunity to do things together, but just to talk about, you know, and, and engage with each other and see each other as people. I almost feel like we're, our relationships are evolving into kind of a neat friendship too, which I like. It's kind of nice to be friends with your adult children, right? I mean, we're still kind of boss too, right? They listen to us, but it's involving. And I like that. I like that they see us as people too, and not just mom and dad. And 
it's pretty cool. But I, I really do think that make carving out that family time and looking for things to do to bond together, rather trying a new game or experiencing something different, going somewhere, traveling somewhere. That's great. That's great. That's great advice. It's a good reminder that we sometimes get tripped up on things that are probably not as important. Yeah. And to put down the TV and I put down the TV, put down the phones, you know, turn off the TV. I used to say, just turn off the TV, but now it's like, have the All kids the put down their phones <laughs> and the iPads. And, and the other thing I thought was good for them too, is that we always made sure that they kept the phones out of their rooms and away from the dinner table. I grew in just really making sure we sat down together as a family for dinner and talked about our day. And I, I really liked that. I always like to tell moms, especially twin moms, that the days are long and the years are short. Because I tell you, there are some days I felt like they were a week long when they were little. But and when you look back, it just whizzes by. So you got to stop sometimes and just breathe it all in and cherish it and, and appreciate the memories that you're making because it, it goes by extremely fast. I really honestly can't believe they're gone out of the house. They're going to be 22. It feels like, I mean, when I'm talking to you, I feel like they were just little kids yesterday. It's, it's neat to look back. It's well, a thank fun you, adventure. Yeah. Thank you so much for the conversation. You have encouraged me, got some things to work on, but you've encouraged me. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been fun chatting with you. I appreciate you helping me dredge up all these memories because that's been fun. <laughs> Oh, let me ask you one more thing. Do you do yeah. anything? I was talking to someone else. I interviewed someone else a few weeks ago and they were talking about preserving memories. And she said she wished she would have taken more videos. Do you have? Well, I'll like tell you, we took a ton of videos, but okay. now they're on these little miniature VHS tapes, which yeah. we have to try to convert. Yeah. That's probably great, but we've never really watched them. Okay. And photos, yeah. the, the day they were born, we went, my husband, left the hospital and went into Bangkok and bought our first digital camera. And we have always taken tons and tons of pictures and that, and I love the pictures, like just to sit there and go through them. That's, I think the best way to jog your memory, whatever way you want to record. I started out scrapbooking. I gave that up. It wasn't, I realized no one ever went back and looked at the picture or the books. And I started making photo books of every trip. People just don't look at the books. I mean, I spent hours on them. But people really like to just sit and kind of flip through pictures on the computer. That's a great piece of advice too, is to document things. However you like, is that for us, the pictures have been wonderful. Sometimes we'll just sit and go back and look at them. And- You're so sweet. I feel like you need- I'm going to call your kids and tell them how sweet their mother is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you better be thank calling you. your mom and appreciating your mom. <laughs> Well, I always add an extra question. So I won't ask any more questions, but um, thank you so much for letting me chat with you. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Thank you. And thanks for doing this for all the moms out there. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you want to hang out some more, you can follow me on Instagram at Neighborhood Twin Mom. If you want more info on what we talked about in this episode or a transcription of the audio, head to NeighborhoodTwinMom.com. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star rating and review. This helps other people be able to find the podcast. Music for this episode was composed by Cameron Norby. Find more of his work on YouTube.